Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, and wonderful people of this world, people I love and adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Ed Domain. Hi. Hi, Ed. I'm going to introduce you. Okay. All right, ready? Here's all the cool stuff about Ed. Well, part of the cool stuff about Ed. Uh, Ed is an experienced sales professional that lives and breathes in the startup world online. You love the thrill of helping something get off the ground and find its legs. And you were the find, founder of Techly.com. So welcome. Thanks. Tell me about Techly. Uh, when I lived in San Francisco... I worked for a startup, and part of the process of getting hired, I had to be interviewed by a couple of the lead investors, one of whom is named Andrea Zurich. She was employee number 10 at Google, um, and it's a big deal at Google to talk about what your your number is. Like, there's a venture capitalist in Chicago I know, Kevin Willer, and his number is like 153 or something. That's still oh, really good. Yeah, but if no you're number kidding. 10, talk about joining a company at the right time. Wow. So uh, Andrea sold advertising. So she was one of the first people at Google to get them into advertising. And she grew wealthy off of her stock. So she now uh, invests in companies in Silicon Valley. And she drives race cars competitively in Europe. Really? Uh, she's a race car driver, yeah. And her venture capital firm is called XG Ventures, which stands for ex-Google Ventures, people that got, <laughs> yeah, they got wealthy off their Google stock and now they like to make How investments. nice for them. It's, it's a good life. It's not a bad way to go. No. And uh, it's always entertaining being around people of that stature. And I know that's not what you asked me. I'm sorry. But no, no, when, go. Yeah, I mean, the prices in San Francisco are so, we can talk about that in a little bit. Our, when I was there, they're insane. They're even more insane now. And I want to say the, the apartment I used to live in goes for about eight grand a month right now in San Francisco. Eight grand to rent no, it. No, you could you crazy. Could, you could buy like ten houses here for right. that. But when she <laughs> says to me, "Oh, I'm thinking about opening another office in the city because her office was in the peninsula in the valley," and and I'm just like, "Of course you are," you know, because you're like, <laughs> "Why not?" <laughs> uh, but so when I when I got to know her a little bit, I had said to her. Um, uh, I really liked and read TechCrunch, uh, the online news site yeah. to cover Silicon Valley and a bit outside of Silicon Valley, but mostly just Silicon Valley. And I liked VentureBeat. Now there's some other good ones out there. Recode, uh, which um, sold recently, or excuse me. Um, it, anyway, there, there's some good ones. I wanted to start one in the Midwest because I knew startups were really coming up. And I said to her, Andrea, I wish we had a TechCrunch for the Midwest. And she goes, ah, that's flyover country. You know, if you're not New York and you're not Silicon Valley, nothing good's happening out here. It's so and, sad. It's true. But for people a long think time, that, that was happening. <laughs> now good stuff is happening. We're going through growing pains. Yep. But I thought I can do this in the Midwest. So I moved home to Chicago after the crash in 2008. Uh, the job offers I were getting were entry level. I was shocked. That was the first time in my life where I was like, I'll get a job. And then, no, no, you won't. It was a bad time oh, to be man. unemployed. So I moved back to Chicago and um, uh, eventually uh, went through. It. So launched, I incorporated, I, sorry, I'm jumping around. 2010, I finally quit my last real job and uh, started a very basic version of what would become Techly. It was called Flyover Geeks, except it was really bad for SEO and searchability. <laughs> People searching for airline tickets would find it. I gotcha. It. Yeah. So then in November of 2011, I went through an accelerator program in Chicago uh, in conjunction with a mentorship program out of the University of Illinois, and uh, they were running it in Chicago. And mm -hmm. then um, I raised, after that, I raised a seed round of 200K. I got one of $50,000 Arch Grant, moved to St. Louis, and Techly is, um, the original idea was to be the tech crunch of the greater Midwest because startups are happening not only in St. Louis, Chicago, Columbus, Cleveland, Nashville, Austin, Dallas, like all over the place. So greater Midwest is right. a very loose 
uh, definition, but uh, and I was doing news stories about all these different cities and all the startups coming out of them. And St. Louis, right? We're all very excited about EQSTL, and uh, Kelly Hamilton is recreating what I tried to do when I got here, and I think he's doing a good job, and he has a lot better resources than I did. Um, but it was. Um, uh, I had where he's got the St. Louis signs. I had a Midwest and national audience, and okay. so some of my biggest readership came from Silicon Valley in New York City, uh, which was very gratifying to me since I was writing about companies in the Midwest. So it really and and the idea is is that these are these startups are are kind of overlooked because they are not part of the Silicon Valley, right? You know, so Silicon Valley gets all the press, and it's even Chicago in, gets a lot of press now, but they were ignored until Groupon kind of blew up. And then all of a sudden, everybody was talking about Chicago. Right, And right. I lived like 10 blocks from uh, Groupon's HQ. So that was always very interesting. Did you go there all the time and get awesome deals? No, no, <laughs> no, I did not. I did go in there a few times though. But what's interesting about Groupon is uh, after all the hype, a year or two later, people were telling me people were crying at their desks and uh, people were quitting and getting laid off all over the place. Oh, no. It, it, like it hit its peak and then it went right back the other way. They really should have sold when Google offered them about $2 billion. Oh, but, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I think I may have. I don't even think I would have considered. I'd be like, yes, yeah, here, here, here you go. Let's go. Yeah, what but, do I do? But then look at Zuckerberg at Facebook. He got offered $750 well, million by you, Yahoo in the early days. And he's like, nope. Nope. And I'm like, you can do a lot with $750 million. <laughs> you you got to wonder, like, what did you want to make more money? Was that not enough? Did you, <laughs> you, you know, know, the ego part, I get, I think every entrepreneur has got to have a little bit of one right. and self-confidence, but that's a lot of money. Like you could start something else and still never have to worry again. You know, that's, I, I would probably be the person that would sell and be like, okay, I'm going to go and buy an Island and that's where I'll be hanging 750 out. 750 million I would have sold. <laughs> Absolutely. Done. Done. I have no I need even for my name if, to be yeah, a household no, name. No, I don't really care. Nope. I just, I'm going to go live the easy life. Do you have a magic number? Like if everything worked out perfectly that you would say, I'm done. I, I have one. I don't have a magic number. I, I would happen, say but. I just have a, a, I think it's more, I'm like, I'm like the feely girl, touchy feely girl. So I think yeah. it's like that. I'm looking for that magic feeling of just like knowing I am good. I, yeah. I can pay for this. I can mm -hmm. pay for that. If I feel like, you know, and I'm, and I don't ever foresee myself. Like I'm not the person that puts a lot of value in like, I must have a diamond necklace, darling. Yeah. You know, I don't, for me, a big screen TV would be awesome before right. I want a diamond anything. Right. <laughs> but no, I don't. What's your magic number? Tell well, me. I want freedom to not have to, do, I, I don't think I would stop working. I would find something that I'd want to do and somehow contribute to society still. Yes. But if I had the money and the financial freedom, I could just do that. Right. And uh, so 15 million is like my fantasy perfect number. 15 million. Because if you have All 15 right. million and you invest it, even if you make 5%, you're looking at $750,000 a year in income. There you go. After That's your good. taxes and stuff, you can spend an easy half million dollars a year on yourself doing whatever the heck you want. And, and that's a lot. Think about how much money that is oh, to exactly. just spend. Like that would be, and you'd still be putting another 200000 on top of your $15 million, So you'd keep growing that principle. And then if you have kids or whoever, you could, you know, leave it for them. But yeah, $15 million would be a perfect number. Now, I like I'd be happy number. with a lot less. <laughs> but, <laughs> like $5 million yeah, would be good. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I'm just saying $15 million, like that is a, that's like a... a Man, you just never have to worry again. See, and that's a good number. And 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 I I so agree. Like I'd be one of those people that ha if this 
windfall of money came to me, which it won't. I've looked at my family <laughs> and I'm not seeing it happening. There's and there's no long loss to anybody. You just look at your yeah. children and sigh and go, oh, God, why aren't you I smarter? Go, Honey, scholarships, scholarships, okay. <laughs> but um I I think to myself, okay, if I could do, like if I if I I'm I'm good, I'm independently wealthy, I don't have to work to, you know, yep. get food and what have right. you. Um then I truly would just be putting all my time into TEDx. I mean, I feel yeah. like that's kind of like the thing that that I, I want that Feed to be soul. here in St. Louis. And yes, yeah. and, I, and I think it's important for St. Louis and because we're growing up in that tech world right mm-hmm. now, we're starting to mature there as much as we possibly can. And to to have that, to showcase what's going on here, I, w- I would just, that's what I would do. Yeah. Now I just kind of do it when I can fit it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how that yeah. goes. Uh huh. Well, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, ahead. you're fine. Go ahead. We're coming to the end of a segment. Right? Well, we, you okay? Well, okay. We can be at the so, end of the segment. How... We'll just come back in. Oh, how, okay. How does this thing work? How does I'm, <laughs> I'm not so used confused. to? I know it's so. I know this is new for you. <laughs> well, we will. We are going to take a break, and we will be right back with Ed Domain. Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and I'm the owner of 100th Monkey Media. 100th Monkey Media specializes in affordable and very effective social media solutions for the small to medium-sized business. Our goal is to create a social media presence that shows off who you are, what you do, and delivers brand loyalty and raving fans. Contact us today to learn what 100th Monkey Media can do for you. 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. That's 636-789-1776 or 100thmm.com. Hello, this is Mish and we are back with Ed Domain. So you're not from here? No. Where are you from? Chicago. Okay. And then how does Chicago and St. Louis differ? Oh my goodness! Wow. So because <laughs> Chicago so has a big ways. town mentality, really. Yeah, Chicago is a global alpha city, and that's not even my language. That like if you Wikipedia Chicago, it the city of Chicago by itself is one of the top ten economies in the world, or something. Really, it's, it's insane how much more money flows through the Chicago Board of Trade daily than the New York Stock Exchange. Um, it is, it's a city of nationalities almost, and it all works together. And it's funny because. The first group of immigrants that came through Chicago, like there's a Swedish water, to- or excuse me, a small water tower up in, um, oh gosh, which neighborhood is it? Not uptown, but um, anyway, uh, as you get into the northern part of the city, you see this water tower with a Swedish flag painted on it. And um, it used to be a very Swedish community. Now uh-huh. it's the lesbian community and then also a heavy Hispanic influence. And that and a lot of neighborhoods that were um, European immigrants have turned uh, Hispanic or Eastern European, where before it was Western Europeans. But uh, the 911 system in Chicago speaks 26-something languages. Really? Uh, yeah, it's 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 a crazy, awesome, I love it. It's so global. That's it really cool. is. Now, St. Louis is interesting in that um, it's it's obviously a lot smaller. It moves a lot slower. Um, right, yes. <laughs> I did feel a little bit like I stepped back in time when I got here. Uh, <laughs> things that everybody else has grasped onto in terms of like the way society's changing seems stuck in the past here. Yes. Um, I've seen, I'm going to start with the negatives, but I've seen more crime here. I, the, the murders have really started to depress me because oh, I think every is. three it's, days it's someone's it's getting awful. killed. I'd like to see the mayor 
come out stronger. Um, I, I, I just I haven't seen the the political action that I think is is necessary. But on the other hand, you're two degrees separated from anybody you want to get to. Yeah. Um, in Chicago, it's much harder. In St. Louis, it's much easier to get to someone that could be, well, again, the two degrees of separation, that could be your first client or um, anything you want to do, you can pretty much get to anybody. The fact yeah. that someone like me has been able to sit down with the mayor is, is a pretty big deal. And um, and so while I, I'm not super happy with the mayor has addressed the murder issue, I am very happy with the way he's embraced startups and innovation because he realizes, as many cities are starting to figure out, progressive ones, that entrepreneurship is a way to create economic activity. Exactly. Trying to allure a Fortune 500 company to your city takes years and they might not even stay. Or once their tax credits are up, they're up and out to the next city. That'll pay them off. Exactly. Entrepreneurs hire people. They create jobs. They it it it's a it's night now. Chicago supports entrepreneurship, but it's such a smaller part of what that city is because it is so huge. There's so many industries there. Um, it's being embraced, but it's St. Louis seems to be pulling in the right direction where we have so many groups. All nobody is really trying to shut anyone else out. Right. Um, and so right. I've I've really enjoyed that being here. The architecture, of course, really is wonderful. Um, it. Uh, it, I, I like it. It feels like an underdog city. And so when I move, like if you would have asked me, I've been here since 2012, five, six years ago, what cities do you want to live in? It wouldn't have even made the list. I knew nothing. But right. then when I won an arch grant and came here, I was like, okay. And then the more I got to know the city, the more I really started to love it. Now I, I love St. Louis. So I'm very Aww. pro St. Louis. Yeah. I we really, really like it here. Thank <laughs> you. I still love Chicago. It's, it's amazing. But like, so look at downtown, uh, the Jefferson Memorial expansion. Yeah, You're, you're going to have trails and parks leading right up to the river. It reminds me of Millennium Park in Chicago. Now everything in Chicago is bigger, including Millennium Park. Sure. But right when I moved here, I lived at the corner of Washington and 7th and I would go run at the, um, under the arch on the trail there. And I thought, this is crazy that you have to cross the, the roads to get yes. to the, I was like, this, this doesn't make any sense to me. And the other thing that killed me is um, I was dating a girl from Chicago when I moved here. She came to visit the first few weeks. She said, well, let's go eat like at a restaurant by the river or something. And there, there are none. I'm like, no. what have we done? I've seen paintings of what the riverfront used to look like. Yes. It's, it's beautiful. Yes. And now it's just mud and uh, and walls. And it's like, why aren't there like, now I, I guess the restaurants would have to be high enough to not get flooded or something. But why isn't the riverfront like a destination to, to dine and, and, I and you know, I wish like it a was. cool restaurant with like a balcony out near the water and like lights strung up. And like, I, I can picture it in my head. And so I think the Jefferson expansion's a, a great step in the, in the right direction because we should be cherishing the river. And it seems like most of St. Louis can just kind of ignores it. They're just, they're <laughs> just like, like, Oh, it's over there. there. Again? Yeah, yeah. I don't know about the arch. <laughs> yeah. But I'm the outsider, you know, the newer person looking at, at the city. And I've seen over the years, I mean, people have tried to do things, you know, um, they've tried to like make things happen with that. And it just wasn't, it just never really happened. Um, but you go to these other cities, and I mean, this is weird, but Cleveland comes to mind. I was like, look what they did with did their you see, little water. Did you see their downtown, what they did with it? What they do with their um, downtown? I just saw, so I saw a news story. They were talking about the GOP convention going to, uh, oh, gosh. Uh, which is a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. They spent a lot of money turning their downtown into a very people-friendly area where you have a, um, like, their, uh, we have Forest Park, and Forest Park's great, but they right. made, like, a park in the middle of downtown, green area, uh, benches, all kinds of great it, 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 fountains. It's really beautiful, and so people gather there, and then you have all of downtown around it, and so you still have the business district, and if we did that downtown, I think that would be great. I think you could do it right by... Um, so you have the MX building, and then right. on the other side of it, there's that big open concrete oh, yeah, space. And then the abandoned building, which is the old T-Rex. Right. If you were to tear that down, 
and put a park right there. I think that would be really, really cool. But, you know, I can just wish for these things. I'm not the one. <laughs> Add domain for mayor. No. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But I like, I mean, I know, and I, and I agree, because having those kind of places that people can gather and hang out, yeah. and it, it, and it, that, I mean, it's kind of like, um, I had read a story one time about how parks realized, all these parks where they were doing these studies of different parks and they realized it was all boys. Like at the at the age of 12, girls were done with the park. It was all boys. <laughs> so they started putting in, they started doing studies and figuring out why are the girls abandoning the park? Well, they weren't interested anymore. So they started finding out things that girls wanted to see in a park, like a volleyball net and that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's when girls started coming back to the park. Funny. You know, so if you make the park that, that calls people in that says, hey, we've got things here for you. Then you've got people that are showing, and you're just in, the, in the downtown area alone, I mean, just having a place to go sit in a nice yeah. area to have a, your lunch. Do you know Amos Harris? No. He, he's a developer. He owns the MX building. He owns the Embassy Suites. Okay. Uh, the Laurel, which is the, the building I lived in when I first moved here next to the Embassy Suites. He is trying his hardest to get density downtown. By density, you're looking at the first 20 feet from sidewalk up of a building because that's where the restaurants go. That's where exactly, the stores go. Right. That, and so it, if you can create that density, then people want to be near that stuff and then they start walking around and then you have the, the, the human traffic and that's what invigorates uh, and, and drives economic activity. But the problem we have downtown is Washington Avenue, mostly bars. I mean, this is just me. No, but no, it, yeah. It's more catered to, which again, nothing wrong with that, but like the the 22-year-olds. Now, right. I wouldn't even say like the 27-year-olds necessarily want to hang out. Like it, It's like a party bar kind of atmosphere. Right. And so Friday and Saturday nights on Wash Ave, you have to be aware of what's going on. People are getting killed. The, the street lights aren't issued the way they are. And, and so- Amos is trying as hard as to get these other businesses down there that we we all want, and especially right. like the corridor, as he calls it, 7th Avenue. If you look at 7th Avenue from the stadium and the embassy suites, which he owns, of course, but then straight to the ballpark, if you had streets there, people would walk to Bush Stadium and not be so so nervous about it now exactly. with the negative press we get. Exactly. And so it, it's just, it's again, it's this underdog city. I think we're so close to to really being what what the city can be, and uh, but there's still some old school politics and buddy stuff going on. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, that is a thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is something that I would like to see go away. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Stanger just awarded that uh, big uh, office park to somebody that gave him a $75,000 donation. It's, it's funny how that works. It's, oh, it's so convenient. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, want to say he's bribed, <laughs> but it's awful convenient that the people that have given him political donations seem to be getting really sweet deals right now from the county. Ooh, go ahead. <laughs> Listen to Ed. He's got some things to say. Draw your own conclusions. <laughs> I'm just saying. The guy that gave him 75 grand now got a couple million dollars in his pocket thanks uh, to the sweetheart deal he got. But you know, Well, whatever. we will let people think what they yeah. want to think on yeah. that. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with Ed Domain. This is Mickey Hancock. Now's a good time to get a snack. My mom's going to do another commercial. If you're looking for an agency to help you with creating and publishing engaging content, launching campaigns, or reputation management, 100th Monkey Media is the social media agency for you. Make your business successful with its social media and get a real return from your investment. 100th Monkey Media is far more affordable than you may think, and we make it easy and impactful. Learn how 100th Monkey Media can help you on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and more. Contact us at 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. That's 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. 
And we're back with Ed Domain. Okay, this is my fun question this time. Is the lightning round? This is the lightning <laughs> round. Are you ready for question number one? Um, well, we'll find out. <laughs> All right. So you know a lot about the startup tech. Okay. All right. right. I want you to tell me, out of all of these different oh startup techs you've you've been in contact with and you've talked about and you've about learned companies? about, I mean, just set up, yeah, the startup tech companies. Okay. All right. If, are they? Do you see like one big missing ingredient a lot of them have that don't ensure their success? Oh wow! No, that's too broad of a question because some companies have all the right parts, some have some of the right parts, and not others. I mean, even me, I recognize what I didn't have. I didn't have funding to uh, to. I would think I that's a big do, one for a lot of people. Well, right, because if you just right? don't have the money and you can't get, not everybody can work for free. And so it's it's very hard. But capital is probably the biggest thing in St. Louis. But we have more capital being invested in St. Louis than ever before. So that's great. And it keeps increasing. And we have more accelerators, but we're going through growing pains. And there's still not enough money to fund. Brian Matthews said this on Facebook this morning, so I must be channeling him. Um, there's not enough money to fund all the good opportunities in St. Louis. Some companies are great ideas, but there's just not enough money here right now actively being invested right. for them to make a go of it. So maybe they need to go somewhere else. But that's the size of our city. As we get bigger, it'll get better. But we're going through growing pains. We are going through yeah. growing pains. Well, thank you for that. Sure. That was a very good answer. Okay. <laughs> Wait, there's a bad answer. That's <laughs> why right. she doesn't say so anything. So <laughs> let's see. If you could ask one question of your personal heroes who are Theodore Roosevelt, yeah. Colin Powell, and Mark Twain, what would that question be? Uh, well, Theodore Roosevelt's my all-time favorite ever. And what I find fascinating about him is if he was alive right now, he would be considered a Democrat. Um, he took on the railroads because there was a very famous case at the time when he was president where a man lost his arm working on the railroad. It got smashed between two cars or something. And uh, he was trying to get um, – he had a lawsuit trying to get um, – uh, benefits because it was the railroad's fault, I believe. Like okay. safety, something like that. I can't remember the deal, but uh, he was ag- he was working in good faith, and he got hurt through no fault of his own. And the railroads at the time, their legal argument was it's their property, and he was on their. Pro- so basically, they didn't want to pay on any benefits right. because of Theodore Roosevelt. You are. We now have uh, workplace liability issues, like if there's not proper safety or whatever. So I would love to get him if he was up to speed on society as it is now, and just ask him what he would do because he was a Republican, but he was also known as the trust buster. He was anti-monopoly. He broke up the big banks. He, uh, he put limits on what they could all do. And he was still a Republican and a capitalist. He actually hated socialism, but he recognized, and he came from a very wealthy family that the rich were getting richer on the backs of the poor. And he wanted a more egalitarian society. And so a Republican was like that to show you how far politics have changed, that if he was alive now, he would be considered a Democrat. And actually, a lot of the Republican, the bigwig uh, corporatists, they all hated him. Uh, corporate leaders all wanted to tear him down. They even tried to have him admitted to an insane asylum because really? he, uh, he uh, when he was an officer in the Spanish-American War, he shared a keg of beer with his troops, which was considered kind of taboo at the time. Uh-huh. It would be like now if an army officer came out with a bag of weed and said, let's smoke <laughs> up, boys. Come on. Not the end of the world, but not something that you're, is considered socially acceptable yeah, right, yet. Right, right. And uh, so he he never bowed to pressure. He was incorruptible. Um, they tried. To, they had a woman faint in front of him, faking, and she was supposed to try and seduce him. Instead, when she fainted, he put her into a stagecoach taxi and paid the driver to take her home and didn't go with. 
because they had reporters waiting and they were going to take his picture and, and bust him for having an affair with How this woman. Amazing. Like the man just would not bend. It was I not like corrupt. That and so I would like to see someone like him now that uh, could also get things done and can inspire people to such a degree that they would follow him. So that's that's what I'd like to have. Or Mark Twain is just hysterical if you've ever read anything. <laughs> yeah. Now he the, the, the English is still a little more Elizabethan in the right. 1800s and now. So sometimes you have to reread things a few times. But I've laughed out loud reading some of his after dinner speeches and stuff. It's it's a riot. So the man, his political satire would be very welcome now in the heated rhetoric we have. Uh-huh. And then Colin Powell is the, the ultimate statesman. So I, I still like him. Um, oh. I, I would ask him why he never ran for president in the 90s. <laughs> ah, thank you. That was awesome. Okay. Oh, you're such a good guest. <laughs> you're so You nice. can come back again. Sometime. Okay. All right. Now this is my really funny one. This is my, this is, this is one I've been wanting to ask somebody and I decided to ask you. <laughs> dun, dun. All right. So if the matrix were real, ha. what implant would you get? Oh man. Yeah, well, I know. Right. So now that I've got this metal hip, I would just want to be healthy. <laughs> but, um, and all Grow these your extra own bones. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. Um, yeah. So, but if I was in the matrix, I would want to, uh, assuming I had a healthy body, be like the ultimate warrior. Like, uh, I don't know if it'd be a sword or a gun or Kung Fu, but that would be awesome to just the know ultimate. that, you know, just like in the movie, like I could jump up and spin in the air and kick down like three bad guys. Do not mess right. with me. That's right. And maybe fly too. Fly and be the ultimate warrior. That would be, that would be pretty awesome. I think that'd be a good combination actually. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, remember in the movie where all of a sudden he goes, I know Kung Fu or Jiu Jitsu or whatever. And then he just starts kicking butt. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. I, I, it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. It's one of those movies you can watch again and again, yeah. and you but get different things from it. When it came out, it was so mind. But everyone was blown away. Do you oh, know yeah. there's a guy in St. Louis that did art for that movie, and he has an app and is a startup entrepreneur here. And I think there's Picasso? a woman from St. Louis who did the uh, clothes. Oh, really? Maybe not for the uh. first one. It might have been for the second one. But remember how they always had like the shirts on, but had weird rips in it right. and everything. Yeah. It, they, I, the woman. I, and I wish I knew her name, and I so apologize, but okay. I think she is from St. Louis as well. There's a super nerd, Carl Stiefvater. He has a, um, uh, it's an app called Picasso, where you take a picture, and then you can apply it to any famous artist, and then it spits the picture you took back out as a famous work of really? art. Really? It's really oh, how cool. how fun. And he's got, but he's so got like pictures. like Andy Warhol from, look and that yeah, kind of yeah, a thing? Yep, oh, how yep. fun. You can even take a picture of a bonfire, and then uh, take a picture of a person and have them merge together, and the person looks like they're on fire and stuff. It's, I mean, in a cool artsy way, not like they're burning to death. <laughs> it's a torture app. If they're like the fire god and not like burning to death, yelling, oh God, I'm on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the ultimate warrior thing. Right. I, I'm going to shoot fireballs at you. <laughs> boom, that's, boom. That's my implant. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or invisibility, just because invisibility would be awesome, Okay, right? but if I had an inv invisibility thing, I, it would have to make my clothes invisible, too. Well, because of course. I would be freaking out. Or you'd out. have to be a naked, invisible person. But Santa wants to. And then it gets I would be, all like, like, freaking out the, the whole time, thriller, like, oh, my niche, God, what if naked. my invisibility <laughs> wears off right now, and I'm standing in the room naked, you know? Yeah, well, so there's— uh, in I would have anxiety around it. <laughs> <laughs> in college, there was, uh, I took Latin and there was this ancient, um, I don't know if it was Roman or Greek, but this story about how to determine the type of person somebody is. And it goes, there's some mythical ring that would make you invisible. But if you had that ring and you could be invisible, what would you do? 
And so then based on how people would answer, the philosophers of the time would decide if you were a genuinely like good person right. or bad. But like is the first thing you say is I'd go rob a bank. You know, okay, yeah, okay, maybe right. you're a bad person. Uh, I'd go yeah. spy on my girlfriend or whatever. You know what I mean? Or- <laughs> so what would be the good person? I would sit in a field and look at the flowers. <laughs> I like to think I'm more in between because I know bank accounts are insured up to a hundred grand a piece by the yeah, FDIC. See, well, there you go. So you know, if I just strolled in and helped myself to it, yeah, you know, a little bit of money from the bank, they'll be all right. <laughs> I, I come on, come on. Okay, you know, am I gonna like slave away the rest of my life or just strolling your bank and get just one go and done? To like different little places and take a few dollars here and there. Sure, so it wouldn't really I would hurt steal anybody, from a restaurant. I do, I do it from a big bank. Just stroll into the vault, help myself, and but now the duffel bag would have to be invisible, and the money once it went in the See, bag. See, well, we get back to the invisible right. clothing thing. Right. I mean, and it would be weird if all of a sudden people were like, "There's." A bunch of money floating, floating around, around out there. Well, I you'd mean, get chased. You would get attacked. <laughs> right. People would be like, get the floating money. <laughs> so you would have to, not only would you be able to, to be invisible, but you'd have to, everything you touch. Right. Well, now I see now. No, I can see problems. <laughs> I see many problems with the invisibility thing. This is why we can't do it. Yeah, well. <laughs> so is there anything, any parting words, anything else you want to share well, with us? Well, that was us? all the questions. That, I was that was my questions. I was ready for the next We're one. done. We are done. Okay. With that part. All right. What, so, else, what else do we need to know, Ed? Um... Well, gosh, um, I would love it if everybody would turn on Channel 9, the 9 Network, 10.30 p.m. on Wednesday nights to watch my show, The Domain Tech Report. It's also on Sundays at noon and overnights on Sundays. It's on at 2.30 in the morning. And And is it online? uh, It's also available online at 9net.org. And it's on my YouTube page. If you look up Techly's YouTube page. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to raise money for a second season right now. All right, awesome. Yeah. All right, so sponsors come forward. Please. Everybody check out the <laughs> check out the the uh, show and thank you Ed Domain for being here. Thanks. Thank you all. We will catch you next time. <laughs>